it was an absolute shock it was completely different to what uh, we have seen in india growing up obviously i've learned about my culture more in the uk than being in india um, but i think it was the best decision to leave accounting and start construction <laughs> yeah so there's nothing that i, would, I don't want to do i actually want to do everything it was the first time i went on stage i was so shy and you know my legs were just shivering absolutely i think it's all in your head um, and once you overcome that you'll be you can do anything you want but i think if if somebody wants to get into modeling it doesn't matter how you look um you can just go for it and then i've got to um enter this competition uh, mr manchester i won that um and then on the basis of that i've I got to do mr british isles so i won that as well as media now you got any any job you apply to the first question they ask is what's your instagram handle My guest today is an actor, model and an avid cricketer. He has won titles such as Mr Manchester 2018 and Mr British Isles Elegant uh, 2019. Welcome Navjot Sidhu. How are you doing? Yeah, really good. Thank you. Appreciate your time and I uh, appreciate you doing this. Um what I like to do at the beginning of each episode is basically take a trip down memory lane and um basically just ask you about your childhood, your upbringing and what you were like as a kid. So um yeah, what we like as a kid. So um I was born in India um in Delhi um lived there for 16 years uh, I moved here right after my high school uh, we normally start school early in India so we finished by the, by, by the time we are 16 or 17 mm-hmm. um so I went to uni here um I did degree in accounting and finance um completed my ACCA um while I was working for a construction firm as an assistant accountant um and then I kept on going to the sites um and just trying to learn what construction is about mm-hmm. and it was so much to learn that I actually kept accounting at the side and stayed into properties and I've been doing it ever since so yeah. I never I never looked back at accounting and I've been doing property development for the last 10 to 12 years now um so at the moment I've got my own sites um i do work for clients as well um i help them with planning with construction and all basically property related activities well that's um, uh, that's not exactly what i was expected <laughs> to be fair i know I, I, i stumbled across obviously your instagram page and as i said in the introduction there mr manchester 2018 so my first thought was oh he's probably from manchester i've been doing it <laughs> so um so i grew up in london after um when i came from india um mm. modeling is started by one of my best friends he was so we were here together for about 7 or 8 years um and he got a good contract in mumbai so he went there uh, and he was there for about 6 to 7 years he worked in a lot of bollywood movies as well he did ads all around the world in dubai um and he always wanted me to be a model as well so he always said look come to mumbai we'll do this we'll do that um and unfortunately he died in an accident while while on a shoot in india and that really got to me that was december 20 um 2060 2015 it was um and then i just wanted to carry on uh, his legacy um so i went to india as well to see his brother and his mom um and then i just started into modeling um starting shoots starting ads and then i got to um enter this competition Uh, Mr Manchester I won that 
Um, and then on the basis of that, I, I got to do Mr. British Isles. So I won that as well last year. Um, and then since then, on the side, I've been doing ads uh, for some Indian companies. Um, so I went to Paris, I went to Milan, I went to Bombay to shoot a lot of ads. Um, yeah, so I've been I've been doing that on the side. And recently, um, I've become a producer now. Um, so I'm launching um, Punjabi singer, uh, a really talented 19-year-old kid who has just come from India as a student. But his voice is absolutely amazing. Um, so I, he was actually working on one of my sites and <laughs> I heard him singing in the break. And it was just amazing. It was the best voice I've heard this year. So um, I took him to one of the one of the renowned music director in the UK. I won't mention his name, um, and he loved him as well. Um, so we are in the middle of recording his first song, and we'll probably produce it by February or March next year. Busy guy, that busy guy. There's know, pretty much I everything know. going on there. So you producer for music now. You you've got property on the go. You've got acting, yeah. modeling. You all and over the I world. Do. I do a lot of cricket coaching as well. Um, so I coach a lot of kids. Um, so I, I play and coach at Bradlett uh, in Hertfordshire. Um, that's where Middlesex cricket is based. Um, so I've been playing for that club for the last four years. So I'm heavily involved with that as well. I've seen that you, you're a level two coach. I'm a uh, level two cricket coach as well. Yeah. A, a jack of all trades. So, <laughs> yeah, so there's nothing that I, would, I don't want to do. I actually want to do everything in life. So is it, is it basically whatever picks your attention, you just go full throttle into that? Absolutely, absolutely. Which I think is. is the best way to do it, do you know what I mean? Like, absolutely. Especially yeah. nowadays, like obviously with the internet at once, you can do yeah. anything that you want to, which is uh, which yeah. is amazing. Um, so going back to, because uh, we've, we've got a lot of information there to unpack, <laughs> probably like an hour's worth just in that, yeah. in that thing. Um, but going back to the beginning, so what was it like growing up in, in Delhi? Uh, it was it was good. Childhood was good. We we had internet, but not that much. Uh, that's yeah, early two thousands. I'm talking about late nineties. Mm-hmm. Um, it was all when we come back from school, we uh, go to tuitions because tuitions are a big thing in yeah, India. Yeah. Um, and then we come home, we play. Uh, we used to play cricket and football on the roads. Um, yeah, that's that's how our childhood was. Um, and then it was it was probably the same as well when I came here. I went to uni, played a bit of cricket, um, played a lot of football, being a football nation. Um, and then, yeah, then I stayed away from sports for a good six to eight years when I was working. Um, mm-hmm. And then I just got back into it five years ago. So I've been playing cricket. Um, so, I've, yeah, I played four regular seasons in the yeah. UK now. When when you came over from Delhi for um, like your education stuff, did you feel any bit of a culture shock, or was it? It, it was. It was. It was a. It was a massive shock. Um, even small day to day things. Um, it was. Yeah, it was different. Um, it took me about three months to adjust. Yeah. Uh, but what, what were the yeah. things that you noticed were like the biggest differences? Weather was one. Obviously, <laughs> obviously, obviously. <laughs> and. Um, and I don't know, it's just, just the way people behave, to be honest. Um, road, um, things well, things people do day-to-day life, um, even well, while they're driving or the way they talk. 
the way they behave with you. Uh, it was it was an absolute shock. It was completely different to what uh, we have seen in India growing up. It was completely different in a positive way. In a positive way. Yeah, in a positive way, absolutely. Okay. Um, I was going to say, like, uh, I, I don't know if um, the, when you said the way people talk, I don't know if you meant people were more rude here or more, more rude no, there. Because no, yeah. you're coming from Delhi, which is obviously the capital, and I imagine a lot of hustle and bustle, to London, which yeah. is the capital, and a lot of hustle and bustle as well. The one thing that uh, I can imagine is quieter is the roads, because you're not hearing horns. The traffic. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> horns every two seconds. Unless, obviously, you go to South Hall. Um, oh, well, yeah. Then you're basically yeah. back in India. <laughs> Absolutely. And then you you um you said you, you got basically into construction through your accountancy, um, right. and you've been doing that ever since. Is that something that, like you said, you just sort of stumbled across? That wasn't part of the plan or anything. Yeah, that wasn't part of the plan at all. I actually wanted to work for one of the big falls um, as an accountant, and um, I got a placement um, in a construction firm. And then while while working as an accountant, I just got to go on the site one day and I really liked it I wanted to know what they're doing um, and then it took me a good two years to basically learn everything um, but I think it was the best decision to leave accounting and start construction because yeah. that, that gives me so much free time uh, not basically working for one of the firms working from nine to five sitting in the office doing somebody's accounts um, I'd rather go on construction sites and then I've got so much free time to do my other things. Yeah, yeah. Um, which, which is a bonus. Definitely, definitely. And then, as you said, like um, you you found a singer on one of your construction uh, sites. So I'm guessing, is it like, is a lot of, is it based in London, the construction sites that you've got? Yeah, yeah. No, so we, we work everywhere. So at the moment, we've got, I've got two sites in Rickmansworth, which is in Hertfordshire and one in Harrow. Right. Um. So, yeah, so we just stumbled across a lot of subcontractors and, you know, people uh, people working for them. So we, we have like 40 or 50 people coming on sites. And yeah, so we're just one of those that one day in the break, one of the guys was singing and he was just amazing. Yeah, fair enough. When uh, when you're in, um, in, like, for musically, is that what you listen to more, like Punjabi music or Bangla music? Yeah. Because obviously in yeah, Delhi, yeah, Delhi is different. It's a lot of Bollywood in there, but for the last decade, I think it's all about Punjabi music. Yeah. Um, even in Bollywood or or the the whole of India, even if they don't understand it, they love the beats. Yeah. yeah. Um, I think that's what it is. Um, even you'll be surprised. Even in Europe, um, I've got some family in Germany, and they were listening to Jazz Tommy when I went there three four years ago. So oh. Wow. I think Punjabi music is taking over. Um. Yeah, and that's that's what I listen to most of the times. Definitely, you hear a lot of um, like Bollywood remakes of Punjabi music now as well. Yeah, exactly. And then, how does uh, well, you sort of mentioned it before? How how did he stumble into modeling? You said one of your friends was a model, and then how how did he? What is the criteria for somebody to say, yeah, you're good at modeling? Because obviously, yeah, like <laughs> handsome looking lad and stuff. But what else goes into it? Do you just have to be good looking, or is there other elements to it? I think I think it's, it's it's more about confidence to be honest. Uh, I was really stayed shy, and I'm I'm even my uh, ability to speak in front in front of somebody. I don't know how how am I doing it in front of you, but I just I can't, well. I can't speak in front of someone. And it was the first time I went on stage. I was so shy, and you know my legs were just shivering. Yeah. Um, and it's it's really hard. But it's just the more amount of time you put in. 
uh, if mm -hmm. you want to do something. Um, so, so one of the guys who was helping me, he said, look, you know, when you're in your house, just walk, just walk from your kitchen to your living room, from your bedroom to your other bedroom and see how it feels. And then when you go on stage, do, just do exactly the same. Just don't think someone's sitting there watching you. Just walk like you're the king of the UK. Um, yeah. Just walk like a prince and then you will never look back. And then I tried that. Um, I tried walking where, when I thought no one's looking at me and that was it. That killed my, uh, my fear. Um, so a lot of it is actually just to do with like the psychological side of things and not absolutely just absolutely I think it's all in your head um, and once you overcome that you'll be you can do anything you want yeah um, I, I think the perfect example I'll give you is well somebody I know one of my friends um, her name is Karen Jeet um, Karen Jeet Corbains she is two time commonwealth champion in powerlifting uh, for the UK Um so she's been doing it since early age and she also qualified as an accountant this year. So, you know, she didn't have to do that. She was a powerlifter for the UK, um, but then she still went on and she wanted to do um, ACA as a day job and she did that. So yeah. if you want to pick something up, if you want to do it, give it 100% and you will overcome that. 100%. percent I have followed uh, Gurunji's uh, story as well. It's someone that I'd uh, love to speak to because, uh, but like she, she is not only is like are we not represented um, too much and as generally as Asians, but like women yeah. in sports and then on top Asian is is even exactly. more exactly. That's unbelievable. Her journey is unbelievable. Definitely, um, and then do, as we were just saying there, like with representation, like do you feel like the how is it like? Um, in terms of diversity in the modeling in industry? Because I don't I really think, see that many Indian faces. Well, back in the days, it used to be. Um, and now, um, I don't know, companies, they are looking for other faces. Um, they want different faces. It doesn't really matter if you're good looking or not. It just, <laughs> you you are you are good looking in one way. You know, yeah. you are good looking in one way. So, um, and if, even, you know, you know, some of the companies, they, they even... Um, hiring plus size models um, even for the guys if you're big you can still get a modeling contract not a problem so it doesn't matter how you look um, there's always something there's always a company that that will want you um, so if you think you can do it you can do it yeah I was I, I had that on my notes here is that like the diversity seems to be um, more like weight related absolutely yeah yeah absolutely. like uh, currently like i remember there was that thing maybe a year or two ago where like um i think it was nike had their fitness wear and they yeah. had uh the plus size model and it became like yeah. a, a big controversy yeah. but like if you're starting your journey to lose weight you're most likely gonna uh like identify closer to the plus size person exactly. than the person. so exactly it's more like relatability and you see in gentlemen's brands like giacomo i'm not sure if you've familiar yeah, exactly. with that like, no, yeah. brand is yeah. based on being bigger i guess but um you think that because you said that most of your jobs early on or with your friend were, were back in india but do you think that it's still it's coming over here as well like the diversity it, it, absolutely uh, i think on a bigger scale as well now so i get a lot of jobs so there, there are so many um apps now um that you can apply to so you don't have to have an agent you don't even have to have uh, a modeling company um, you can just uh, sign up to those apps, um, send a picture of yourself. If the company likes you, they will hire you. 
So the the middleman is just is is gone out of the business now. And there's so many apps out there. You pay a thirty pound fee for twelve months, and you just sign up, and you just go from there. And then the the company who wants to hire you, they'll just have like a a sheet of faces, and they'll just click on whoever they want. Absolutely, makes it a lot and simpler. They like you exactly. And then what what happens in the next step? Because like obviously a a person in front of a screen, although like um, pictures is what they want at the end of the day, but person yeah. behind a screen and in person can be very different. So do you have to go to interviews afterwards or? You, um, well, yeah, for now you're doing a lot of Zoom interviews, but before that, let's say last year, uh, they will call you for auditions. Um, so that you will have 10 or 20 other models sitting there for the same thing. Um, that does make you nervous, yeah. um, but because you have to walk in front of them. Well, sometimes you have to do personally in a room, but sometimes they tell you to walk in front of the other 10 models or pause in front of the other 10 models. You do get nervous, but that's what you need to overcome. Um, but I think if, if somebody wants to get into modeling, it doesn't matter how you look, um, you can just go for it. That's good advice. Because I think like the perception is, is basically, oh, you have to be a 10 out of 10 in terms of looks to go in yeah. but obviously what you're saying is the complete opposite it's more psychological yeah. than exactly exactly if if you can overcome the stage if you can overcome uh what you think what people will think about you that that's it if you've killed that you've killed everything you can you can do anything you want um and i think anyone can be a model from even though the baby two years old can be a model yeah um and there are a lot of companies out there who are actually looking for babies now, but um, yeah, and anyone can be a model. And it's it's a hard industry to get in because uh, for the first few, first five or 10 jobs, you don't get paid because if you're new, um, they just, and I think it's good for the models as well, um, working for free um, for, for the first four or five shoots, just so they learn. Um, that what this business is all about, um, yeah. how to pose, um, how to do everything. Exactly like a semi-pro footballer. Um, yeah. They don't get paid until they make pro. So they have to do all the hard work uh, to, get to get to the next stage. Yeah, exactly, to get to the next stage. Um, but there, there are a lot of modeling agencies uh, who try to con people uh, out there. Mm -hmm. They will ask for a grand, fifteen hundred, two grand worth of uh, photo shoots. They will tell you to pay that much money. I will advise you don't need them. Um, in 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 the age of iPhone, iPhones and Samsungs and you know all those cameras, you don't need a modeling company um, to basically uh, give you the your photos for about fifteen hundred pounds. You know you can get them done privately. Yeah. You can even tell your friend to take your picture and then. If you have to Photoshop it, you have to Photoshop it. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Well, I think that's that, that's another question that I want was uh, curious about. So, like, obviously, the term Instagram model is uh, is obviously more and more popular as the years go yeah. on. So, yeah. for like a traditional model and an Instagram model, what are the key differences? <laughs> because I I like I I know that obviously you're getting paid, you're working for brands, but yeah. some obviously influencers or Instagram models can build their social profile to a point where they will also be working with brands. Yeah. So what would you think are like the, the distinctions between the two? I think the um, 
the, the difference is if you want to start through Instagram or any other social media, um, it will take a lot of time, unless obviously you've got 100,000 followers. Yeah. Um, but if, if you're starting fresh, it will take a lot of time building that up, unless obviously you hire a, a digital marketing company who will promote you, um, which again, costs a lot of money. So I will still advise for people to actually look for companies who are, who are looking for models, even if um, they're not paying, um, even if you do it just for work experience and you see what's going on behind the scenes, what other things are involved um, and do it that way. Yeah. That's a much easier way to do it. And then you learn a lot as well. Yeah. Like, um, and do, do you ever feel pressure because obviously men- mental health uh, conversations happen with a lot of people who are in the spotlight and a lot of people who are based basically off their looks. Do you ever feel the pressure to always, you know, you've got, you've got your clean uh, beard cut here, you've got your yeah, clean trim yeah. and like to keep your appearance like 10 out of 10, do you ever feel that pressure? Like you can't probably go out on a binge because you might have to Absolutely. have a shoot. Absolutely. Um, I think the pressure is more upon um, if you really like, a project or a job or a movie or an ad that you've given you a hundred percent and then you don't get it. And even you, th- you think you were the fu- you, you were the best guy or a best girl in the room and you still didn't get the job because of some rubbish reason. Um, I think that really pulls you down. Yeah. Um, but I think, um, I think people should just forget about that and just move on because it's happened to me. It's happened to a lot of people I know. Um, it also happens that you are offered something and then just before you start, they've got somebody else to do the same job uh, because of a phone call or uh, because of any stupid reason. Yeah. Um, that, that actually happened to me as well. So I was offered something really big in India. I went to India for a week to Bombay. Everything was done. And then when I came back, it was uh, I had a phone call saying, "Thank you, but not thank you. We've got somebody else now." Oh no! So, but so, do do you yeah. still get like paid for obviously all of that, even if yeah, they're yeah, not? So yeah, yeah, absolutely. So you get paid for your expenses and stuff, right. for actually going out there and stuff. But but still, it's it's like a heartbreak, isn't it? And yeah. If you put your so much time and your soul into it, and then you don't get it at the end of the day, there will be a heartbreak. Um. But that's why I will tell people that don't worry about those. Just just keep going. If you want to go, just keep going. I assume like a lot of things will be like obviously out of your control. Like you're saying there, you just, you got to focus on yourself. Is, okay, is like absolutely. politics and things, uh, does that come yeah. into play like uh, in the modeling? A, a lot, a lot in this industry is, it's not a good industry to be in. Yeah. But, <laughs> but if, yeah, but if you're determined, um, you can go a long way. So yeah, you have to obviously have like a proper passion for it. otherwise like the first couple of hurdles, like you're saying, a exactly. lot of people will probably just quit. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I assume that you're into your fitness as well because to keep in good shape, to keep in like, uh, like well, good physique to be presentable in photos and things. And I've seen obviously on your Instagram as well, you, you do um, you do a bit of fitness here and there. So like, yeah. what, what's your fitness sort of routine? Like how often do you go? So um, obviously since the lockdown is finished, I tend to go three to four times a week to the gym. Yeah. Um, and it's more about 
it's more about being fit rather than going big uh, or working on your muscles. It's, it's more about being fit and eating um, eating healthy as well. Um, yeah. And, you know, being fit, it, it requires 70% of eating healthy and then 30% of your gym and exercise. So um, it's more about what you eat. So I do stick to uh, my eating habits. Yeah. Um, so yeah, not eat junk too much. Yeah. Try yeah. to stay away from that. Um, probably once a month as a cheap meal. Uh, but yeah, that's about it. Staying away from all the jalebi and the gulab jam and then. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Exactly. <laughs> And so where has like modeling taken you uh, around the world? So you mentioned before like Milan, Paris, and obviously you, you started off by going to uh, Mumbai with your friend. Yeah. Um, I've seen that you went to Toronto as well, but I'm not sure if that was for modeling. So that, that, that actually was. So I was invited to the uh, TIFF. Uh, it's the Toronto International Film Festival. Okay. Um, so it was, yeah, it was really good experience. I got to meet uh, Priyanka Chopra. I got to meet uh, J-Lo. Wow. Um, so it was, yeah, it was pretty good. It was pretty good. That city was amazing. So I went there last September. Yeah. What is probably one of the better locations that you've been to? Because obviously the ones that you've named have all been very, very high quality. But what yeah. are your personal favorites and like for what reason? Um, I'll say Toronto because it was, it was just amazing. It was amazing. People were really good. Um, food is the same anyway, but it, it was it was an amazing city. Um, I actually did go to Vancouver before that um, to see my brother. My younger brother is there, but but Toronto was completely different. It was really really nice, yeah. much different to how London looks. It was completely different. Um, just 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 the way. Um, obviously, it was cold as well, um, uh, but I, I just liked it. There was something about Toronto that I really liked, and I, w- I would love to go there again probably next year. That is another like um, really multicultural city as well. Like um, Absolutely. it does have a lot yeah. of opening and stuff around there. Yeah, I've got no, cousins no. who live there, but I've never been able to go. So uh, you would love it. You would absolutely love it. Yeah, it sounds cool. And if you bump into Drake on the street, then it might be another day. Exactly. <laughs> it's it's it, it, funny you say that. So um, right outside the film festival, there was a guy just playing his guitar, singing, um, and I was wearing this blazer. Uh, that I got from um, from a fashion designer from the UK. So I was wearing that, and the guy came up to me saying, oh, I really like your blazer. And um, I was like, okay. Uh, he gave me a compliment, so I just didn't think any of it. I went, and then he met me again on the same road, and he said, uh, can I have a picture with you? And I said, yeah, why not? So I got a picture with him. He gave me his Instagram, and that's it. Off we went. And I checked later on, he was a multi-award winner in music in Canada. Oh. So, he, so it was it was like such a big name in Canada. And he was there, he was taking pictures with me for no reason. He was just singing and playing his guitar on the road outside the festival with, with no tension at all. And then when I checked up on his Instagram, blue ticked and everything. Yeah. And I sent him a message after that. And he said, look, I would love to meet you again next year. So it was just crazy. It was crazy. It's like and never judge a book by its cover exactly. sort of moment. Exactly. That's what it was. That's that's super dope. Do, 
do you i'm guessing you don't but do you ever get like tired of traveling because it, like it is a part of your job sort of thing like obviously people who go to an office monday morning they're like oh no i've got to go to the office oh, like no, for no, you no. it's like oh no i've got to go to paris <laughs> no i actually love it i actually love traveling um but, but this year i've got a young daughter uh in the middle of the covid but apart from Congratulations. Yeah, if, if she was thank you if she wasn't around then i would i would have gone i would have gone to two or three places i was meant to go to canada this year as well but yeah covid didn't really help us all yeah uh, yeah i love traveling yeah love when traveling. you go traveling do you get a lot of time um outside of work to to explore oh yeah 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 i'll make sure that i get two or three days on top of uh what i'm there for so right, okay. at least you can explore the city or the town wherever you are. Yeah. Um, so I always make sure I get that. Definitely. Do do you what kind of like uh, tourist are you? Are you like uh, just sit in the taxi and travel around everywhere to go see all the sites, or do you want uh, to get? I, I love walking. I, no, I love walking. Um, so I'm more of a city kind of a person. I love towns and cities and architecture. Yeah. Um, and then. Yeah, so so I loved it. So the first time I went to Mumbai um, in my life, that was about four years ago, and I absolutely loved it. Absolutely loved the city. It's, it's so nice and so safe. I know when you talk about India, um, one of the cities in India probably be the last city in the world you, you think will be safe, but Mumbai is such a safe city. Even for girls, walking 2 a.m. in the morning, you won't have a problem. So oh, really? I, I loved that thing about Mumbai. It was so safe. Um, and yeah, even the people there were different as well to Delhi, if you're comparing. Yeah. And it was, it was just a very nice experience. A lot more modern, would you say? Um, yeah, yeah. It's probably hard but to describe. A lot describe. more safe. Yeah. yeah, a lot more safe. Because I, I saw girls walking two o'clock, three o'clock, four o'clock in the morning without any problem without people eve teasing them or you know passing comments yeah uh, whereas if you're in delhi um you get that you get that a lot yeah but mumbai was very different I, i've not been but that is a surprise to myself because i think um my perception was you that still occurred and exactly and plus like when you see when you're looking from the outside well when you hear things obviously like uh, the the yeah. wealth gap in in mumbai as yeah. well so you, uh, like you were saying like it's really clean and safe that, that isn't what I was thinking, but yeah. again, don't judge a book by its cover. Exactly. <laughs> you, you would love it when you go there. You would love it. I think uh, similarly, like when I go on like holiday and things, uh, I am very much a city person. I, I don't think exactly. I could, Rather uh, than a beach. Oh, or, no. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's my worst me nightmare. Though. Worst yeah, nightmare. Yeah, exactly. I seen you me. went to Italy. I went a couple of years ago as well. And literally like every day that we were there, we were just planning things for the next day ahead. So we ended up going oh, to wow. Rome and we were like maybe half a mile away from the uh, Colosseum. That's where our oh, wow. Airbnb wow. was. Yeah, that's where I was. Yeah, I've, I've got a good story about Rome as well. Um, that was the time to tell it. <laughs> so, yeah, so a few years ago, uh, Pope from the Vatican City, Yeah. Uh, he wanted to have his own cricket team, funny enough. Okay. Uh, so what he did was, um, obviously there were not many cricketers in Rome or the Vatican City. So what he did, he, uh, he didn't go, but he sent somebody to India. Um, and he found four or five people who are Catholic and who can play cricket. Mm -hmm. So he got them a work permit, um, went back to Vatican City and made a team called the Vatican 11. 
Right. Um, so I went last year in April to actually play a game against them in right. Rome. Okay. So we couldn't meet the Pope probably next year, but yeah, we played against him and it was amazing. It was what really, was that in the Vatican? Really great. It was right outside the Vatican, but it was the team from the Vatican. Wow. So it was all the 11 Catholics um, who actually work for Pope and they play cricket as well. So they came out of the Vatican in Rome to play uh, two games against us and then obviously run back in. I never knew that. So the Pope had his own amazing. cricket team. That's yeah, something. he's got his own cricket team. Did you um, get so if, have you go- a- if you Google it, mm-hmm. um, it's called Vatican Eleven, um, and they normally tour the UK as well. So they they come every year to the UK to play a game against the Interfaith Eleven. Yeah. So they play other faiths, uh, which is again a great thing. Definitely, it highlights that diversity. Definitely. Did yeah. you get a, um, have a chance to tour around the Vatican when you were there? No, so I think there was there was something that uh, we 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 couldn't do it for some reason, but they said so. We we going again in April, mm-hmm. uh, and we'll be allowed in this time. So we might get to meet the Pope. Yeah, that would be That'd really be cool. Even just amazing. inside, like the the artwork. Absolutely, just to go in there. Yeah, yeah. like when uh, so when me and my mate went, that was one of the things that we w- really want to do, because uh, the Sistine yeah. Chapels is yeah unbelievable. And then oh, no. I don't know, like um. I don't know how to really describe this, but like even going into St. George's, like the, the massive, massive yeah, cathedral. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if this is the the nice like right thing to say or not, but it did feel sort of quite similar to like Amritsar. Like, yeah. you know, just like yeah. there's holy places in the world exactly. where you go there exactly. and you feel quite tranquil sort of yeah. thing. Um, but yeah, honestly, it's a, it was a really good experience. Um, I, as as you've uh, we've mentioned a few times, there's like COVID. Um, so how has that like sort of impacted you, your last year? Um, um, so, wise, modeling wise, cricket wise? Um, well, modeling wise, it has affected a lot. Um, I haven't done anything uh, during the summer or even after that as well. Cricket, uh, we missed half a season. So we did start in July. So we did manage to get half the season in. Um, and construction was... It's been going through, to be honest. Um, yeah, I think there was one, there was there was one industry that never really closed. Yeah. Because I think our, our PM wanted to uh, basically not let the economy down. Yeah, um, yeah. So he carried on with the construction. Even now, we we are really busy. Um, or I think all the firms are really really busy. Yeah, because so I remember during the lockdown, follow... builders were allowed to go to work and stuff. So <laughs> exactly. Yeah, and because yeah, people they've been getting a lot of loans and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, bounce back loans and all of this so they've been using that to basically refurb their houses yeah that's what yeah. they do that's what they're using that for so builders have been really busy which is a which is obviously a, g- a good thing for yourself being in that industry yeah. but as you Absolutely. say the modeling in the cricket side uh, n- not so well um yeah. and as i said in the introduction you're mr manchester 2018 mr british isles 2019 so that's not the typical sort of like um, modeling for uh, an a, like a brand or something. That's like a, a is that a pageant? Is that the question? It's, it's, yeah, it's just it's it's just a pageant. So you you just get contacts. So if you win, obviously you get a lot loads of prizes and gifts and this and that, and then you just you just get contacts. So when I won Mr. British Isles, I was invited to Spain, Marbella. Yeah. So uh, I had a really nice photo shoot there uh, for about three or four days. Um, and then 
the COVID hit. So since February, we've been trying to do a few things, but we couldn't. So I think we, we're starting back in April um, when I'll start shooting again for some of their, some of their stuff. Um, and I think it'll be Mr. British, not 20, but 21. Um, then I would have to go back in and hand my title to the next guy. Um, so we'll have that ceremony as well. Oh, is that a thing that you actually have to do? Like the previous person has yeah. to hand it to the yeah. next person? Yeah. Oh, okay, I didn't know that. So, so we'd have to do it in April now. Uh, yeah. What what yeah. what what's like added on into a pageant that like uh, is it's it's not just based on looks because I, I I don't know. Correct me if I'm wrong in this. Like, but in like the Miss Universes and things, you have to do like it's, showcase it's talents. Similar. Yeah, showcase okay. your talents. Um, then they even ask you. There's a question and answer round as well. Um, and yeah, the way you walk, obviously they check that. And yeah, we, we had three rounds. So we had um, a casual round, a smart round, a Q&A round. Um, and then, you know, I think there was a gym body round as well. And then, yeah, on the basis of that, they, they basically give you mocks. What was your uh, talent? Uh, no, so I, we we didn't. I think talent was for girls, so oh, they didn't okay. really ask us to dance or sing, which was right. good for me because okay. I can't do either. <laughs> That's not bad. No. Then. Got away with one there. Yeah. <laughs> um, oh, and... I, I think my Q and A. Um, the question I was asked was that if they, if I had the power to do one thing in life, what would that be? Um, if I get to change anything. Um, and my answer was that I would remove poverty from the world, that everyone should have food, shelter, and clothing. That's their basic necessity. And I think everyone should have it, no yeah. matter what. And I think that really liked, I think all the judges really liked that answer. That I, I don't think points. you could go wrong with that answer there. Yeah. Like, no one's going to trust. Trust me, there were some people with some weird answers. Oh really? They're, they're, yeah, there were some some really funny answers. Somebody wanted to be a Superman. <laughs> there were some funny answers there. I was gonna say because when you hear them, most of the answers are like what you said is like end poverty, end world hunger, yeah. or stop all wars and and things like yeah. this. Yeah. But being Superman, I'd love to yeah, do it, but it's quite selfish, <laughs> isn't it? <laughs> I know. Um, if if like if you had to choose maybe one or two things that you, you think that the general public, when they think of your mod, like uh, your career, basically, or your occupation as a model, yeah. what, what do you think the general consensus is? And what do you think like the biggest rebuttals to that? Or what do you think that the general public might not take into consideration of like the difficulties of the job that you do? I, I think people really tend to think that is, it's very easy um, that, you can take a bit of what is easy to get into the business, but it's really hard to survive in the business. If you think that you can start on day one to become a model and that, that'll be a permanent job, I think that's where they go wrong. Mm -hmm. um, if you want to start modeling, you can start at any age, any age, even if you're 50 years old. But then when you're starting something, you should be doing something side by side. Yeah. Um, obviously, for your daily expenses you should yeah, be doing yeah. something side side by side and then have modeling as a career on the side and then when it starts to do well then obviously you leave your job and then focus more on your modeling mm -hmm. but that's what some people don't think they just want to go in 
um, and just do modeling, which, which works for some people um, if they're extraordinary in what they're doing. Um, if you're not, then you do need a side business or a side job and then your modeling will go side by side. Yeah. I mean, that's what I'll say to people. Yeah, I, I was, um, I can't remember if this was like a conversation I heard or a conversation I had, but recently a good way that somebody put it was everybody wants to be X, so fill in the blank. Yeah. It could be professional footballer, it could be model, it could be entrepreneur. But on like on top of what they're doing currently, without putting in the extra work, if that Any makes effort. sense. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, like they don't schedule like the time that and the effort that goes yeah. into it. It's like, yeah. oh, I'd love to be a model, but have all the free time that I have now. Yeah, and it's exactly. like, that's not how it works. Like if you want to be the model, like you've got to sacrifice that free time. It, it doesn't work like that. And even, you know, to become an extra in a movie, you have to wait there for like hours and hours and hours and they, they might not even need you. So yeah. you'll go there eight o'clock in the morning you are there till eight o'clock in the evening and the assistant director would come and say, thank you very much, pack up and go home. They won't even need you. And oh, but no. you have to sit there because they're paying you X amount. It could be anything. If you're starting, then might be what, 30 pounds or 40 pounds. Oh, um, really? So you're sitting there for 12 hours doing nothing and then you're made to go home. So, which is not nice. Yeah, I can it's imagine. Nice, so. Um, um on your um, um, what is the the link that you have the show show me link? What is it called? Uh, well, uh, it's it said that you were extra uh, uh, an extra and an actor and things. I was just wondering what you'd been in. Oh, Star Now. Star Now. That uh, was it, yeah. Sorry. So so that is one of the one of the apps or one of the companies that I've signed up with. Uh, which actually takes away an agent or a middleman. So you just sign up with that app, you make your own profile, you put your pictures in it, you put your experience in it, and then somebody will look at that. Um, and then it gives you a list of about 500 jobs that you can just, um, you can fill a form and send it to them. Look, I want to apply for this job. If they like you, they will look at your profile and they'll pick you. So yeah. it takes away the middleman. And I think that is really nice. So that link, gives you your profile um if you click that link that will go to your personal website which is done by them yeah yeah uh, which i think every person should actually do it all they have to do is just put 10 pictures of themselves um and just go from there you don't really need a big photo shoot yeah um, or a portfolio um i know you needed it back in the days in the 90s and the 80s when there was no social media now you've got any any job you apply to, the first question they ask is, "What's your Instagram handle?" Because they will get all the information from there. They will know how you look. They will know how you present yourself. That's all they need, to be honest. Yeah. They don't want to know anything else. If you've got a good Insta handle, you will get the job. And that's <laughs> how simple it is now. That's crazy. You think there's like so much more that goes into it, but it's yeah. true. Like even like uh, when we were going through school and things, they would basically teach you and say look when you're going for a job make sure your social media whether it's facebook instagram whatever is either private if you don't want to show anyone what you're doing or you've cleaned it up properly before you apply for any job (laughs) because the last thing they want to see is on like a monday night someone's getting smashed in a pub and then you expect to go in tuesday morning exactly 
but exactly. it makes sense yeah everything like even for for the things that like i've been doing these past podcasts like a, a lot of the information that i get is basically off people's social media handles a lot of the Absolutely. questions that are formulated it's just because you just scroll through the pictures and be like oh i wonder yeah. what the story is behind that picture or whatever it may be yeah. which is the information on there is like unfathomable now yeah. um and- but sort of transitioning into your second love or third love because uh, you've got construction, we've got modelling, yeah. and now cricket as well. Yeah, it'd, pr- it'd probably be my first love, to be honest. First. Um, yeah, yeah, a game that I admire a lot. Um, um, obviously, I follow other sports as well. I follow mm-hmm. all the sports, to be honest. Motor racing, football, hockey, uh, tennis, all the sports, but cricket, obviously, I admire the most. Growing up in a country which was massive. Yeah. Still yeah. massive for cricket. Um, so... Um, yeah, with cricket, so I was I was out of the game for about six to eight years when I was working, and then I was working in Radlett one day. Um, we would we would just make a new restaurant there, and I saw signs for a game, uh, a county game, Middlesex versus Hampshire, and I was like, "That's strange. Why would Middlesex play in this town?" Yeah. So. Um, and then you can't even find the cricket club in Radley because it's just behind some residential area, but it's a, it's a lovely ground. It's a first-class ground. So I went in, I saw the ground, and then I saw players like Owen Morgan and Brendan McCullum and all of those coming out. And I was like, yeah, I would love to join the club. <laughs> and then next day, I went in, I joined the club, and it is one of the biggest clubs in the country. Um, okay. So the groundsman for that club was awarded the groundsman of the year award. Uh, last year um, and then Middlesex is normally their England captain normally trains there so it's, it's a good club to be involved with we've got about 300 to 400 kids signed up with that club so we do a lot of coaching as well on the weekends um, I do manage one or two uh, underage teams as well under 14s I did last year um, and obviously play cricket as well um, and then when I found out about the club, I went on to do my level one and level two coaching badges. Is that something you do um, with the club? I do, I do with the club as well, yeah. How um, many levels uh, are there for coaching? Um, so for level so level one and two, obviously, now it's changed again. Uh, but if you want to be level three and four, it's exactly the same thing as modelling. If you want to go into it, you have to give a lot of time. Fine, um, okay. So if, you, if you're level two, you can coach uh, young guys and you can coach adults as well. But then it always limits you. But obviously, when you go into level three and level four, level four is more about international coaches and people who have been coaching international teams and domestic teams. So if you want to do that full time, you have to focus on that. You can't be doing right. two or three other um, other businesses or other jobs. Yeah. Um, but level two will give you enough information to coach basic things um, to cricketers, to young cricketers. And at the end of the day, you're doing it as a passion as well. So Absolutely. Yeah, so it's probably like uh, the sweet spot sort of thing. Exactly. Obviously, once I retire, I probably want to look at being level three or level four. Yeah. Um, yeah, but not at the moment. The big question, when India against England, yeah. who do you support? 
Always India. <laughs> it was India. Always. <laughs> to Always be fair, I, I did write down that question thinking you were born in Manchester. So when yeah, I heard man. that you were born Always in Delhi, India, I was like, yeah, the answer's probably a lot easier. No, even though if I was, I think even, even if it's Ashes, I support Australia. So. Oh, really? Yeah. What, what I, I don't know. There's a thing that I have against England, but I, I just have it. Just for cricket or in all sports? No, just for cricket. So I, I love England football team, so I follow yeah. them. Um, I'm a big United fan. I'm a season ticket holder for Man United. Um, but when it comes to cricket, I just don't like English cricket, to be honest. Wow. There's so many reasons, uh, things that goes behind the scenes as well. Um, but yeah, there's so many things. So Is, many are some of these things that you're going you're gonna so, to... Especially, especially, especially the World Cup as well, the, the way the final was won. Um, by England, I think it was it was it was the most disgraceful moment in cricket history. Um, this you, is... you, you can't give a trophy to somebody on the on the basis of how many boundaries you scored. And then uh, one of the kids did mention that to me. So so when we went for coaching a month later, one of the kids come up to me saying, "So are you saying scoring eight runs is not as important as scoring two boundaries?" which is exactly the same thing. They both yeah. hate runs, but England won it because they scored more boundaries, which doesn't make sense if yeah. you think about it. And yeah, that's what, yeah, so so what, what, what do I tell a 12-year-old that go and hit boundaries? Don't take singles. Yeah, true. So I think true. it was a massive issue. Um, I know it's been sorted now, but it should have been sorted on the day. Some real passion coming through there. You yeah, know, very they, they, yeah. they, they, they should have shared the trophy. That, that was that was simple. They should have yeah. shared the cup. Or you should have played a game again. Or should have had another super over. There were so many things they could have done. Yeah. Yeah. Of course, uh, they to, to give it to England. Yeah. To be fair, I'm not very uh, well-versed in cricket. I think the, the couple of matches that I, I watch, mainly India versus Pakistan. I, were, were you there? I wasn't there. No, no, I've I've oh, never been to like a live cricket game. Yeah, I watch it on TV though. Oh, wow. I watch it on TV. Yeah, got just because dad still likes cricket and things, but I'm oh, I'm more God. of like a, a football boxing sort of fan. But when that comes on, I think that encapsulates like your old patriotism sort of thing. Do you know what I mean? Like oh, that's the that's so the one game. I, I woke up at four o'clock this morning because India is playing down in Australia, <laughs> and it, the the start time is four o'clock. To be fair, you get it in all sports. I'm the same with boxing. If there's fights oh, on... Right, exactly. There's exactly. fights on this weekend, so I'm not sure if you're familiar with Canelo. He's a Mexican fighter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He's, he's fighting tomorrow night at yeah. four o'clock in the morning, roughly, yeah. against Adam yeah. Smith, and I'll be watching that. You've got to... Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> That's the one. I think everyone like everyone does have the, the one sport that is king of the hill, and then the other ones that they sort of follow. And I, I think it's good to have it. It's good to have it. It's good to take your mind off your your job, your family, you know, so many things that you think about all day. Yeah. It's really good to have your mind off it and then think about sport. Definitely. And plus just the physical sort of uh, activity, like if you... Absolutely. If, like, you enjoy participating in the sport. I'm, I, I can't say that I enjoy participating in bo- uh, boxing, sorry. Uh, being at, like, an MMA gym once or twice and... Speaking of Ender Bussy a couple of episodes ago, it was yeah. the hardest workout that I've ever it's had. It's crazy, isn't it? It's crazy. Unbelievable. I had I to take a breather. I was like, I'm I about know. to faint over here, so does you carry on? <laughs> I, I did I did Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu for about six weeks. And okay. I was like, no, that's it. That's it for me. I'd rather run on the treadmill. Oh, really? Yeah. 
That's it, meant it, to be like really uh, mentally stimulating as well. It, it was. It it's was. like a game of chess with your body. That's yeah. what people like yeah. explain it as. How, did you not go back just because of the the tiring not, nature of it? Or yeah, I think it's good if you want to learn it for self defense. I think it's amazing, but then then you have to put a lot of time again. And yeah, I just don't have enough hours in the day yeah. to do all of that as well. So do you stick to uh, the gym as your primary like uh, yeah fitness? Yeah. yeah, same. To be fair, same. Um, I do. I don't mind a bit of five aside once in a while, but uh, yeah, exactly. mainly yeah, the gym. Yeah. Mainly the gym. Who who um who do you um look at more closely in cricket? Like who do you follow like individually? Um, uh, I really looked up to Jack Kellis of South Africa. Okay, um, so. He was, I think, probably the most underrated cricketer. Um, not many people take his name. But if you look at his, his records, is they are very similar to Sachin or, or one of the big names. But because he's South African, because he's not Indian or Australian or English, um, he's not regarded as one of the best. But in my eyes, he's probably one of the best cricketers ever to have yeah. played the game. Um, and obviously, Virat as well now. Um, yeah. He is absolutely amazing. No matter what people say about his behavior on the pitch, I think it's, it's good to be arrogant. It's good to have ego if you can back it up with your performances. Um, if you can't back it up, then no point being arrogant. Yeah. But he, he's doing it. Um, he's doing it for a, a number of years now. And if you look at his journey from where he was in 2008, um, I don't know if you know about that, but just before he was picked for under-19 Indian team, he was playing a match for Delhi and he heard the news that his father died. Okay. So he went to his father's funeral and came back the same day and scored 100 for Delhi. Wow. Which I think was a big thing to do. It takes a lot of courage. Definitely. I didn't know that. that. That's massive. Um, so I think he earned a lot of my respect as well. Um, when I found out about that and then obviously his transformation uh, from 2012 up till now um, in the last two or three years he's turned vegan as well so oh, has he? yeah so to be at the top of your game probably one of the best cricketers ever now to not eat meat to not drink milk and still be one of the fittest cricketers around is just amazing that's crazy. I don't know that amazing. either. I think he's probably yeah. one of the only top athletes that uh, adopt that lifestyle. But as yeah. I, I, something he said before, like that arrogance, like I feel like that is part of, um, for me, not a massive fan of cricket. I still know who he is really well because absolutely, I think he's like transcended the sport and that's yeah. part yeah. of it. Like you see Conor McGregor's in the UFC, arrogant. You exactly. See Cristiano exactly. Ronaldo in football, yeah. he's arrogant, but they back it up and I think that's what takes him to the next level. Yeah, if they can back it up, fine. And you know what? He's brought is a completely different person off the field. He's yeah. so nice if you talk to him. So I've met him in person. He's so nice to okay. people when you meet. Um, and if you look at his interviews on YouTube, he is so humble. And he will basically tell you how everything happened, how he transformed, and how he thought fitness is so important when it comes to playing a professional sport. It's not yeah. about if you know how to hit a ball, you can be a cricketer. It's all about fitness. It's all about how you can get from A to B quicker than another guy. Um, which So it's, it's all about sport science in every sport. Um, and you've got to be fit 
if you want to be amongst the best. Definitely, which is very different from someone like Freddie Flintoff, who exactly <laughs> just has a plane before really and after a game. He, yeah. he didn't care. Didn't but that's care. part of his appeal, is that? Oh, he's the, exactly. He's the so somebody, sort of somebody asked him that if, if we give you a time machine, if you go back in time, would you change something? He said no. Yeah. He said that I had fun, so I don't want to change nothing. Yeah. But oh. th- this is the different thing. So, like, the arrogance has worked uh, and the dedication has worked for you, like, so Ronaldo and Virat, but the the sort of lovable fool sort of character yeah, has worked exactly. for uh, uh, Freddie Flintoff. Yeah. So I think yeah, everyone exactly. has their own, like, personalities, which yeah. is, like... like but, but, but I think it's, it's the longevity as well. So Freddie was good for three, four years when I, he was at his prime. Mm-hmm. And someone like Ronaldo or Coley, they've, they've been doing it for 10 years, even yeah. more than that. So Ronaldo has been doing it for 14 years now. Yeah. So and then if you, if you think about your fitness, if you think about your goals, your long term goals, you will do something for longer, and you won't basically hate the game. You will love the game more and more. Definitely. And I think what what else what also helps is as you were saying there was like the sort of um sports science sort of side to it. Like yeah, I, I'm not sh- too sure about Varat, but the way that you were speaking there, it sounds like he probably will adapt. Um, a lot of adopt sorry a, a lot of like sort of tech technology sort of edges to make sure his game's on point whereas like Absolutely. Ronaldo's obviously been known to do that as well as like every little yeah. percentage and uh, detail yeah exactly yeah. there's a reason it's, why he's exactly 30, 35 and he's still it's exactly like yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah he, he actually looks at every little detail and he wants to be perfect in that and that's why his aggression is shown on the field because he wants to be perfect he don't want to make a mistake. Even if he makes a mistake, he gets angry on himself. Yeah. Which I think is a brilliant thing to do. Some people don't agree with that, but I think it's amazing. Yeah, He's no, very absolutely. hard on himself. He doesn't even have a cheat meal. Forget the cheat day. Yeah. He says, when I'm playing cricket, when the season is on, not even a cheat meal. He said, not, not, not he doesn't even think about it. That's how dedicated he is. Yeah, I was, I was going to say dedication, yeah, commitment. But do, when you get to that level, do you just embed your nutrition into your lifestyle that you don't need it? Do you know what I mean you don't need the cheat meal? Because like a few people, like when I've spoken to um, a few like personal trainers and things uh, while I've been doing this, is a lot of them basically just say you don't want to have the idea of a cheat meal in your head because you want something, a diet to be sustainable when people think exactly. of diet. Yeah, exactly. But when, when, you're, when you're at that level, like even milligrams of salt probably make a difference. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, I quite. This is a good thing about sport. Although, like, uh, I might not know the most about cricket. Is most of them have the same characters and have the same absolutely. dedication. In absolutely, it. it's all like what. That's why the, one of my friends who I was talking to, um, somebody you know as well that I've mentioned earlier. So that's why he talks about that. The, the players he works with, um, even though they're professional footballers, but he tells them that, look, you might be uh, a very good athlete. You know, if you do a 100-meter, 200-meter race, you, you will be very good at that. So look at that. So that's what sports science is about. It's about knowing the person. So a footballer might be a very good cricketer or a cricketer might be a very good basketball player, the way he jumps. So... There's so many attributes to sports that people people don't think about. Even sports people don't think about. They're very one-dimensional that I just want to be a footballer or I just want to be a cricketer. But 
with kid, kids growing up, we want them to basically showcase that there's so many things you can do at the same time. So I don't know if you've heard of Elise Perry, Australian cricketer. She's the only girl who's played cricket and football World Cups for her country, which okay. is, I think, a great achievement to do. And then there was a point where she was given a choice, look, that's enough now, either or, just choose one now. Yeah. So she had to let go of football and she chose cricket. And then she won three more World Cups after that. But, but she got to an she, elite level in two she, she, she got to that level. And we've got some South African players who played hockey, football, cricket, four or five different sports. And yeah. still they're so good in cricket. There's, there's a name, Avery de Villiers. I don't know if it rings a bell. But he's actually played football, hockey, rugby and cricket professionally. And, wow. and he's just amazing at what he does. Um. So he's That's just got to be a freak of nature, though, like a- genetic, absolutely, physically, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> you know what I mean, um, so. the the last thing I want to touch on, like in, in cricket, was that um, I seen on your Instagram you did the Carlsey tournament as well. Yeah. Um, could you just talk about how that came about, what it was? So, um, Carlsey is very close to me. I um, I do some work with them as well, um, and then. One of my friends, Andy, who works very closely with Rabbi Uncle, founded Calside. Um, so we were just speaking about organising a cricket tournament. Um, so we did. We did. Sp- we did speak to a few charities. Few charities turned us down uh, for obvious reasons because um, some of them wanted to do it themselves, and you know, it's so many things in community. Um, which still keep us divided um, but we wanted to do it we wanted to basically unite everybody uh, we still managed to get eight teams out um, we did a tournament in Hounslow last year and it was a success we would have done it again but due to pandemic we didn't um, but I think it was a great day out we'll probably do it again next year um, so the money we raised obviously went to Carl's Aid um, and yeah, it's just a great charity, and it's amazing what that what that person has done for our 100%. community and for other communities as well. One hundred percent, could not agree more. Like, yeah. you, you look at a human like that, and you just think, like, how wow. he's achieved so much. Yeah, wow. Exactly. It's the only words. It's the only words. Yeah. Like, you see the pictures from like Iraq and Syria and things, and absolutely, it it and you can't not get touched like yeah. emotionally by that. He, he started doing it when people didn't even know what Iraq and Syria is. So he started that in 98. Yeah. Um, and then he's been doing it ever since. And I think that's just great. I think that that human is godsend. Yeah. Um, he's amazing. And when you meet him as well in person, he's absolutely amazing. You actually get goosebumps. Yeah. Um, that's how big of a person he is. Man, I'm getting he's goosebumps. Amazing. you just describing it. Like, yeah, I've got goosebumps. He's, he's absolutely amazing. Amazing guy. It's not the only like um the only sort of charity activity you've done, I think, because I I seen like lower in your Instagram there was a few other times that you'd uh, had like charity functions. What what were they? Yeah, so I do I do a lot of work with uh, a charity called Basics of Sikhi. Okay, um, yeah. So they do a lot of uh, Sikhi prachar all around the UK. It was started by by Jagrat Singh. Yeah. I don't know if you know about him, but yeah, yeah. A, a massive figure in the Sikh community in the UK. He sadly passed away a few years ago as well due to cancer, but I'm, I'm a massive figure. Um, someone I always looked up to as well. Um, 
So he started basically, uh, he started a charity called Everything's 13, um, Everything's Data, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he had four or five branches with Kiddi Sangat, where, um, where we teach a lot of kids, young kids about Sikhi. And we got basis of Sikhi who do a lot of prachar. Um, then we got something called the Sikh PA, um, the Sikh Press Association. So they look after all the Sikh issues all around the world. Um, which is a massive initiative as well, and that was needed um, for our Sikh community because there, there wasn't a voice. Yeah. Um, so, Jaggi and even what's going on in India at the moment, farmers' protests, we needed somebody, and then CPA, PA, those guys are doing it for us. Um, so, yeah, I, I did a lot of work for them. I still do it, very much connected to them. Yeah, definitely. Like, um, that that is good. And the thing is, is they've embraced like uh, technology as well. So for the younger yeah. generation, like Absolutely. that's our go-to devices is Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and Absolutely. when you can get information. Like obviously, as you, you alluded to there, the farmers' protests in India, like the the amount of support and unity that's came yeah. from the community, it was amazing. It is really Absolutely good. Obviously, amazing. there's still strides to go. It's still ongoing, yeah. but I think I'm so glad this happened. Yeah, because it's actually divided our whole community again. Um, actually united it. I mean, um, the the whole. I don't know if you were in London that day or if you went to Birmingham, mm-hmm. but it was absolutely amazing. The amount of people that were in London was yeah. was crazy. Even in India, because my my family is based there in Delhi. Yeah, they're telling me that it's it's absolutely amazing, and the work they're doing. Um, I know they're protesting, but they're even serving longer. Um, to people there and then even Carl Said has gone out there they're, they're doing amazing seva as always yeah. and it's actually united the Punjab and Punjab community again which is a great great thing well that's sorry uh, well that's it isn't it it's like it's a it's a unity sort of thing it's not just um, it's not religion based it's not caste exactly. based it's not anything based other than basic human rights Absolutely. which I think when you boil it down to just fundamentals it gets rid of all the other bakwas exactly. that just clouds everything <laughs> exactly. else do you know what I mean exactly there's not yeah, uh, there's no other way. religion there yeah absolutely. absolutely there's no other way to describe it other than that do you know what I mean like it yeah. is it is just uh, it's really pure and that's what shines yeah. through um honestly this has been like a really cool conversation for myself uh, I've really really enjoyed this like I came into it quite as I said beforehand, before we started, as I came into it quite ignorant onto like the modeling thing, but what I've learned, not just in that field, but was also surprised of like the property side of things, the cricket, the uh, charity work is all combined. It's, it's, it's been a really good conversation. Um, so appreciate Thank you for having me. No Thank worries. you for having me. What I, what um, I like to do at the end is just some quick fire questions. If that's yeah, cool. yeah. Uh, I finish cool, every great. episode with the same four or five questions. Uh, just okay. like to get everyone's everyone's take. Um, they're quite deep, so they're not really quick fire. But okay, yeah. Um, what are you most proud of? I don't know. Nothing that I've done so far. I'll, I'll be proud of something that I'm working on. Um, I think if you ask me that in the next six months, I'll be able to answer that. Um, something big I'm working on. Okay, because I know what that is. I'll I'll keep yeah. that for a later date. Yeah. Uh, this is going to basically be the same answer. What are you most looking forward to? <laughs> I'm actually looking forward to that. I'm, I'm also um, looking forward to my cricket season, um, especially on Sundays as well, because I've been signed up by a team. Um, 
an elite team to play Sunday cricket in East London. So I'm actually looking forward to that that new season as well. Um, so hopefully the pandemic is gone by then. Definitely. I really want to play. What's your biggest motivation? Um, well, as a person or? Any way that you want to answer it. Any way that you um, get I think there's just a few individuals that I've looked up to um, throughout my life. Uh, my granddad to start with um, and my friend who suddenly passed away. Um, I really looked up to him as well. And then obviously uh, Pai Jagrat Singh from Basics of Sikhi and uh, Ravi Uncle from Khal Saeed. So all, all four, four or five of them are, are my motivations. I really look up to them um, and obviously take their advice as well whenever, whenever needed. Yeah, that's dope. Um, what is your definition of success? Um, I think your your mind. If if you're happy with whatever you've done, I think you've succeeded. Um, even though it's not money related or um, or anything else, even if you haven't got the full benefits that you deserved, if you're happy with the amount of work that you put in, um. I think that's success for you. Um, and even if you're playing a cricket match or a football match, even if you lose, you have succeeded in some way by learning from your mistakes. So I think that's success. If you're happy with what you have done, I will say that that will be success for you. Perfect. And uh, the last one, as it's the CultureCast podcast, how do you think your culture has affected you in your journey thus far? Oh, a big time. A really big time. Um, just just learning about my own culture and um, obviously I've learned about my culture more in the UK than being in India, which is very, very strange. Yeah. Um, I've been connected more to my culture and to Sikhi uh, in the last four to five years, which is very strange. Um, but um, yeah. Being Why do you think that is? Um, I don't know. I think I probably lack of knowledge. Um, e- even if you're Punjabi and you're from Punjab, um, I know people, they can't read or write Punjabi, even if you're born there. You know, yeah. you've, you've gone to schools there. And then I've learned most of that here, which is very odd. Mm-hmm. Obviously, I'm from Delhi, so I never learned Punjabi because it wasn't taught in schools. It was all about Hindi there, so I can read and write Hindi. But I couldn't write Punjabi. Um but here, going to Gurdwaras and going to classes and so many things, um, basics of Sikhi um, programs and question and answers on Sundays, listening to their English Katha have actually had a massive impact on me um, in a positive way. So, yeah, I absolutely loved it. That's amazing. That is a good way, uh, good way to finish up. Um, again, thank you. All of your, well, it's only your Instagram that's public really isn't it so i'll yeah. leave that in the description and um is there anything else that you want to finish up with no that's all um something we'll talk about very soon 